right, great. Thank you, Angela and team, for leading us so well. Thank you for all those who contributed during our worship time. Adds so much, so thank you. And just so grateful for God and his presence with us. And so once again, just want to welcome everyone to Christ Central Church. Welcome to those who are participating online. Great to have you uh, via our live stream or later on if you're watching on our YouTube channel. Welcome to all of you here in person. My name is Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today on our new series, which is called Formation, the Way of Jesus. And we've been teaching into our game plan as a church how to, um, we want to see our roots strengthened and go deep in Christ. We want to see Christ's love and life lengthened through us as his followers into our neighborhoods and into our network of friends and into the nations. And Gary Glant shared with us last week about the need and opportunity to prepare for what God is going to do in the future. And how do we prepare for that? By allowing God to form us to be more like Jesus now. And so I know there were some questions this week and about sort of what do we mean by spiritual formation. So let me try to give some clarity. And um, here's a very, very simple example. So kids, what do I have in my hands? Can you see that? Play-Doh, that's right. And so inside here, so this is my very, very simple, but actually it's a very biblical uh, illustration that this is, if I can get out my Play-Doh, because it's really, really stuck in here. Pretty, there we go. So this is my Play-Doh. And folks, you realize that in the Bible, back in Jeremiah 18, God said this about himself. God said this, I am the potter, and God's people are the clay, and God gets to decide how he wants to mold us and shape us and form us into what God wants us to be. And that's a very simple illustration, but it's so true, is that our lives are kind of like this. And in the New Testament, we read this. We have some different passages that you can go through. Gary referenced this one last week in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says this, that we who are Christ's followers, we are being transformed into Jesus' likeness in an ongoing process. Do you know that we're being transformed? Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about how we are transformed. Our minds, our lives are transformed. They're changed to become more like Jesus. Romans 8, 28, 29 talks about how God is at work for those who are followers of Jesus, that we're being conformed, we're being molded, shaped into the image of Christ. In Galatians 4.19, Paul says this to the church. Paul, who's a church leader, he says this, all his energy and all his labor is going into this, that Christ would be formed in the followers in Galatia. So we want to see that spiritual formation is not just sort of something new, that actually we're going back to what God has already, from the beginning, Adam and Eve, Create it to be in God's likeness. We see that sin destroyed that. Jesus has come to restore. And that we as followers of Jesus are new creations in Christ. And we're being shaped, formed, molded to be like him. And as Gary pointed out last week, there's a battle going on for who gets to shape you. And everyone's involved in that battle. Because someone or something is trying to shape you. Nobody's neutral. And Gary talked about how 
we can be unintentional in our formation. And Gary gave some good examples, and probably one of our biggest things that's shaping us right now is the social media algorithms that are tracking us as we go about our daily lives. And we don't even know that we've got all kinds of different things trying to shape and mold us in our relationships, in our culture, and our culture has different values that influence us and form us and control our thinking and shape our thinking. And we can go through, but probably one of the biggest things that we see coming through is our culture says the number one thing probably for your life is this. Do whatever it takes to make you happy. So we don't really realize it or not, but that, that is the culture shaping and forming us. And what we're going to go through these series and as we unpack this, we want to realize that we want to be shaped and molded by Jesus. We want to be shaped and molded by His Word, by His Holy Spirit. We get to be shaped and molded by His body, His church, as brothers and sisters in Christ. So Gary talked about last week how we want to have an intention. We want to have a focus. We want to be shaped and molded by things that we can have a plan, that we can have a focus, that we want to be shaped and molded by God's teaching. And that's why we come, one of the reasons we come on a Sunday is we want to hear God's Word being taught, and it shapes and molds us. And every day that we're in God's Word, it shapes and molds us. And Steve was saying, hey, it's great that we get to worship together as the body of Christ, but hey, I'm worshiping every day. All those different things and our practices, and we're going to talk about our plans and our habits and community that we get to be formed together. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And over time and in the reality of life, Jesus changes us to be more like Him through all these different means and methods and ways. And Gary introduced a definition last week that I just think is so helpful on what is spiritual formation. This comes from our friend Robert Mulholland, who says this, spiritual formation. So this is a good definition if you want to have this about what do we mean by spiritual formation. This is a, one sentence. Spiritual formation is, a, it's the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. Let me read that again. Spiritual formation is this. It's the process, so it takes time. It's the whole of our lives, really. It's the process of being formed in the image of Christ. That's who we're going for. Not just for our own personal happiness, but actually for the sake of others. That's a key part. We're not just being formed and shaped for our own happiness and joy, which can come with it, but it's for the sake of others. And folks, that's the context that we've been trying to prepare us for over these last couple of weeks in, in September and October of getting us thinking and prepared for some of the changes that we're going to look at. So when I asked you a couple of weeks ago for you to take an inventory of your time, First of all, how did that go? Did anybody actually do that? I, I see a few hands. I see that hand back there online, live stream. You can maybe, if you're really honest and vulnerable, you can comment or not. What I was doing, I was just saying, folks, let's just track how we spend our time. And I know some of you already felt guilty when I asked you to do that. You already told me, I didn't do some things this week because I knew I'd have to write it down. <laughs> that wasn't really my purpose, but if it helped you <laughs> with some accountability, that's fine. And then I asked you to pray this, God, would you just prepare my heart? Would you soften my heart for upcoming changes? And Gary asked last week, would you just take a look at your life and just see 
what parts of your life are intentional and what sort of parts are unintentional. And folks, that's not to try to trick you or anything. All we're trying to do is we're getting, we're trying to slow us down to realize, man, like how do I spend my time? And we're trying to create an awareness of the habits and the patterns that we have. Even if we don't think we have them, we have them. So that we can become aware and becoming aware of how we spend our time and what we watch and what we process and all those different things is going to help us as we work through this series together. We're raising awareness. And I just want to start again from this foundation that what we're going to be talking about, it all starts with Jesus, and it's all through Jesus, and it's all about Jesus. And we see this in God's Word, that following Jesus, in in one sense, is a commitment and a decision that we make, and sometimes we can say, you know what, I know on this date, I know Gary said before, on August, I almost have it memorized, 1982, you know, God got a hold of my life, and I made a decision to follow Jesus. And some of us have that, we kind of know it's a decision. But folks, we realize this, it's a daily decision. It's a thousand little choices after one big decision. And Jesus has this invitation, and we read it all through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He says this to his followers, come follow me. And he says that to us today. Would we come and follow Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And we begin to understand as we follow Jesus that he's saying, I want to take you from the kingdom The Bible says the kingdom of darkness, and I want to bring you into the kingdom of light. I want to take you who are outside of God's family, and I want to bring you into God's family, that you can come as a son and as a daughter. And as you come into this kingdom, you can become a citizen, and you get all the rights and responsibilities of being a citizen. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, you get to become an ambassador, that you represent the kingdom of God. And God uses all these different phrases and terms and illustrations for us to try to comprehend who we are as we become a follower of Jesus, that we become a son of God, that God's spirit lives within us, that we become a citizen of heaven. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven, that we become part of a new kingdom that has different values, and we get to live out, and we get to bring heaven to earth. And folks, that's the context of everything we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks and months is that we get eternal life and Jesus described eternal life in John 17, 3 as this. Eternal life is not just living in heaven someday, which kind of is one aspect of it, but Jesus said eternal life is this, is that you would know the one who has sent me and his son, that you would know God as father, that you would know Jesus. So when you become a follower of Jesus, eternal life begins then. And that's an invitation. Folks, do you realize it's not, how do I say this? It's not a duty, in a sense, to follow Jesus. It's an invitation. Come and follow me. You get to know the living God. So the things we're going to be talking about isn't a heavy and a to-do list. Folks, it's an invitation. And it's an opportunity, as we've saying. Jesus said, come to me, you receive life. Come to me, I will give you rest for your souls. Take my yoke Take my way of living upon you. Learn from me, and I will give you rest. And there is a cost. Many times, as Jesus would say this, as you follow me, you need to deny yourself. You need to pick up your cross daily. So it's a narrow road. But, and there's a command. 
as you become my followers, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching them, and training to obey, and I am with you. Folks, we can't make disciples if we're not a disciple. <laughs> we can't make an apprentice if we're not an apprentice of Jesus, our master and teacher. And we've been trying to hopefully get us all on the same page and convince us that these are important things and it's worth us taking time to develop these things into our lives. And we want to be intentional. And we say this, as hopefully I'm convincing you many times, we say, we're getting the yes, yes, <laughs> yes, this is important, but how do we do it? And that's what we want to continue to answer. And we realize in order for us to be intentional, we need a framework. Sometimes we need some structure for growth and maturity. We need something to help us grow and to be molded and shaped and formed. And I'm going to switch illustrations here, but we've talked a lot about if we're like a plant and we want to see growth, we want those roots to grow deep. A lot of times plants, they need support. They need some sort of structure for them to be able to grow and flourish and produce and bear fruit. And so here's what I'm going to introduce to you today. This is my trellis. It might look a little bit different from your trellis because you know what? Trying to bind a trellis in November is very difficult, okay? So bless Trevor and Sims. That's my shout out to them. They're the only one who has a trellis in all of Fredericton. Just trust me on that one, okay? No, November, did I mention November is not the time to buy one of these? I can get a Christmas tree, but not a trellis. This is my trellis. So sometimes with a vine or with plants, if you can imagine, they're on the ground and they need a support. They need something to climb up and to grow and to be able to expand and flourish and for the roots to go deep and for them to produce fruit. We're the same way. We're the same way. And we're going to talk about how God's given us a framework of life. That's not, it's not burdensome. It's not a hindrance. It's actually there to produce freedom and to produce life. And that's what we're going to look at. But that's our, hopefully that will stand. That's our structure. And we're going to take a look at what that means together. But folks, if a plant doesn't have that, what happens? The growth gets stunted. A lot of times it doesn't bear fruit, or the fruit actually gets rotten. It gets trampled on. So there are some different things that happen if we don't do, there's consequences if we don't have some intentional things in our lives. We need a framework, a support system, a structure to help us grow, mature, and bear fruit. So folks, we're going to be using sort of an outline from a book called God in My Everything by a Canadian pastor out in Vancouver named Ken Shigematsu. And just a quick thing, for some of us, we've been sort of reading and sort of involved in some of the aspects we're going to be talking about for the last couple of years. And this is just one of the tools we've been using. And just what we're going to talk about, I kind of come up with my own sort of outline, and you're going to laugh because all my words all start with the same letter. That's to help you remember it's not just my anal way, okay? And I had an outline, and we were talking to some friends in Montreal who are going through some of the different things. They recommended this book. And when I read it, I just was like, this guy had done the exact same outline, but much better than me. But he used some different words. So if you ever read this book, you're going to see that we're kind of following that. So I'm putting the copyright out there, okay? 
this is, we're following some of the guidelines through Ken's book. And he uses this, and if you read John Mark Homer, Pete Scudero, some different things that we've taken a look at, they use what's called a rule of life, sort of as a structure framework. To be honest, I'm, you're getting the Joe Crummy framework of life because I just don't like that word. I don't think it's a helpful word in our society. If I were to say to you, we're gonna have a rule of life, I just don't think, I think that doesn't connect with us. So that can appear to be a bit more like, I don't know, legalistic or something. So we're using the word framework. And if you actually go, why they use that word is rule means trellis, which is what we're doing. But I'm using framework of life because I think it, hopefully you can understand that more than the word rule of life. But if you read some of these different things, that's what you're going to get. And I'm going to use Ken Shigematsu's definition of framework of life. And I think you have it up here. Thank you, guys. Is this. So this is what we're talking about. And I'm taking my time to explain this so that I'm hoping you get it. So as we go through it, you understand the context. So here's the definition of framework of life. It's a pattern of practices that supports, and this is so great, our friendship with Jesus so that we bear the fruit of his character we experience his presence in everything, and it helps us offer Jesus' nourishing life to others. Let me read that again, because I know some of you are taking that picture or writing it down. This is what we mean by a framework of life. It's a pattern of practices, and those are the things we're going to look at one by one, those patterns of practices. And this is so incredible. It supports our friendship with Jesus. How good is that? so that we bear the fruit of his character. We want the fruit of the Spirit. We experience his presence and everything. Don't we want, we, we want to experience God's presence in every aspect of our lives. And it helps us offer Jesus nourishing life to others. So a framework of life is not harsh and confining, because sometimes we can think, oh, structure, oh. It's not that. It actually helps us to promote freedom, to cultivate and facilitate growth in our relationship with Jesus. And if you want some more on that, John 15, Jesus talks about he's the vine, we're the branches, the Father prunes because he wants us to grow and mature and to bear fruit, fruit that's going to last for eternity. So folks, the things we're talking about have eternal consequences. So a framework of life are these intentional practices that help create space and awareness and focus to know Jesus more and to be shaped and molded and conformed and transformed to be like Jesus. And here's just a couple of things on that. So what does that look like? Well, framework of life is this. It's a, it's a process. And Gary talked and touched upon this last week, that when an athlete goes into a training, when a musician goes into learning and practicing, okay, they have a plan. They have some structure to their training and to their learning. It doesn't just kind of happen. So it's a process, and that process can change over time. But folks, this is the whole of our lives. And folks, it's custom-made Depending upon our needs and our stage of life and our personality, it's not sort of a one-size-fits-all. So maybe my framework that I'm going to develop for my life is going to look different from your framework, even though it has some of the same components. How that gets worked out, it's going to be different if you're single or if you're married or if you're a parent or if you're a kid. It's going to, if you're on shift work, how you organize your life is going to look different from other people. And that's okay. We get to customize it. That's actually an encouraging thing. 
We're not trying to squeeze this all into one mold of you have to do this and you have to do that. Folks, it's a process and it's customized depending upon where you are in your stage of life. It's Holy Spirit-led. The Holy Spirit's going to guide us. We're going to learn from others. And over time and experience, we're going to mold and shape, and we're going to understand, okay, this aspect of how I read God's Word, this aspect of putting time in for prayer, all these different things, we're going to find that we're going to find a fit that's going to be good for us and our personality. And it's going to adjust and change over time. So I'm going to call the time out right there and say, folks, this is not us heaping or putting a burden on you. Can I just say that right now? So in case you're starting to think, oh man, oh, I got to get up an hour earlier every day and I got to read and I got to pray for an hour and I got to read God's word for an hour and I got to witness for an hour and I, uh, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm tapping out right now. And this is all okay for somebody else, but it's not for me. If, that, if you're starting to feel that way, that's not what we're talking about. So just stop right there. That's not what we're... If I can use another illustration, it's like this. In Angela and I, in our marriage, we can be intentional about some things or we can be unintentional. And I can put in the schedule for us to go out on a date and we can have our date night, but folks, if I don't listen to Angela, if she's there and she's talking and I'm tuned out and everything, I can at the end of the day go, oh, I have my date night, check. Guess what? I kind of missed the point, didn't I? So folks, we can set aside time. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do these different things. And we can still miss Jesus even doing those things. I can book in date nights. I can be intentional, but I can still miss building a relationship with my wife. So folks, as we go through these things, okay, it's not one more thing to do. As we're going to see, it's maybe rearranging some things and having different priority and a different focus with some of the things in our lives. Folks, we want to model our life after Jesus. Can we just focus on Jesus for a minute? Just think about Jesus' life. How's this for a calling? You're going to go and save the world. And you're going to be born in poverty, and you're going to be having people want to murder you, and that's how you start out, and you've got to flee as a refugee, and then as you grow up, like, there's rumors about you, and Jesus, as he started his ministry, had the devil after him, he had demons after him, he had the religious people after him, and he went around doing good and preaching the kingdom of God, and he went about casting out demons and healing people, and at the end of the day, everybody would be like, come and do it some more. And Jesus would be like, no, I'm going to go and take some time. I'm, I'm going to go pray, and I'm going to meet with my Father. And then sometimes he'd actually stay, and he had a busy day, and it says he's tired, and the whole village showed up, and guess what he did? He healed every sick person, cast out every demon. There's an ebb and a flow to Jesus' life, and we want to learn from his yoke. We want to learn from him that we want to understand and try to live some of these principles and practices and patterns that's going to bring health and life to us. It's a framework 
for growth, led by the Holy Spirit. It's a pattern of practices that serve and cultivate our relationship with Jesus. They don't hinder it. So in our pattern of practices, this is what a framework will allow. Sometimes it allows us to say no to other things. <laughs> so it's not so much maybe putting stuff on you. It might be this. A framework allows us to say no to some lesser things. It actually simplifies our lives. It helps us to say no to certain things that maybe help actually get rid of some habits and patterns that aren't very healthy in order to cultivate and actually our lives can feel freer and lighter because of it. We want to create a framework and a pattern of practice in our lives that are daily, weekly, monthly, yearly reminders that help us experience Jesus, that receive his life and his rest so that we can go and bless those around us. So, Joe, you might be saying, okay, can you just give me some concrete examples? I will just give you a few concrete examples that we'll expand upon just so you understand what I'm talking about. In your framework of life, you might to develop some patterns and practices and habits that, that might look and these are some really simple ones, but can make a big difference. You might do this. You might develop as part of your pattern and practice that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you're going to do is not look at your phone or your tablet or social media. That could be a life changer for you right there. <laughs> so the first thing you do when you wake up is look at your phone. Creating a pattern or practice of not doing that could change your life. So you might say, my first 10 minutes, folks, this is like, this is all accessible, okay? This is like bite-sized chunks, like this is not running the marathon. This is like going for a 10-minute walk to get started. You might say, my first 10 minutes when I wake up, I'm just going to dedicate it to God. I'm going to say, God, I give you this day. Were there any dreams you gave me that you want me to speak through? I want to just focus on you and maybe that's going to be your first 10 minutes as opposed to looking at social media as the first thing when you get up. Folks, that's, that's how simple but practical the things we're going to be talking about. But that can change your whole day. And that can change your whole life. You might decide, I'm going to take 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at noon hour, and 10 minutes at night just to focus on Jesus. 10, 10, 10. So it might mean cutting out the sports highlights for 10 minutes, and I'm going to use that 10 minutes instead. Do you see? I'm saying no to something else in order to focus on Jesus at noontime. I'm going to reset. I'm going to reframe. I'm just going to take 10 minutes, and before I go to bed, I'm just going to thank God for the things for this day. I'm going to give him my sleep and rest. You might decide weekly I'm going to develop a Sabbath. I'm going to take some time, and we're going to talk about that in a few weeks' time. Monthly, you might do this. I'm going to take one day to fast and pray. One day a month. I'm going to give up food. I'm going to, we're going to talk about that. Yearly, you might say this, I'm going to work yearly, and this is one of the things we were doing as a church before COVIDnet. What do we do? We were doing things like a men's weekend, a woman's weekend. We did a church weekend once a year. Why? Because we're going to focus some time to be away as a church family, to focus on God and to love one another. Folks, that, that's part of developing habits and patterns and practices that can change. And we have to be flexible. Okay? My framework and some of the things in my life look different in the summer because our schedules are different with our kids and everything. It's flexible. It can change. It's not legalism. 
This is here to serve us, not us to serve it. And folks, what we're saying is, hey, over the next few weeks and months, we get to work on this together. Isn't this encouraging? Because you might be going like, oh man, I got a lot of work to do. Well, so don't we all? But guess what? We can get to do this together. We get to learn from each other. A lot of things I implement in my life, I've learned from other people. And I've asked a lot of questions. And I go, oh man, that's great. So I've got friends in Ontario who are following some of these things. I'm learning from them all the time. I'm picking their brain all the time. Like, how do you work that out? How do you work that out with young kids? How do you do this? I got friends in BC and England and I ask a lot of questions. So folks, we get to learn together. We get to learn as a church, but individually, I think that's really exciting. All right, in closing, here are the things. So I hope you understand. We're going to be talking about a framework. We're developing patterns and habits and practices in our lives that allow us to grow, for us to have space to hear Jesus in our everyday life, to experience Jesus, for Jesus to transform us, fruit of the Spirit, His character, his, bring His life to others, that we get to not be alone. Jesus is with us in the whole of our lives. And we're going to start adding some framework for us to be able to grow. And here are some of the things we're going to take a look at. We're going to look at some foundational things. So folks, this is like the basics, but it's so important, foundation, because foundations are important, right? We're going to be looking at how do we read God's Word, and how does God's Word shape us? We're going to be looking at prayer. How do we communicate with God and friendship with God? We're going to look at Sabbath. What do we mean by Sabbath? I thought we're New Testament. Isn't Sabbath, like, what do we mean by Sabbath? We're going to take a look at that, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, that in all of this, we're not on our own. We have a helper. We're going to take a look at friendships. We're going to look at relationships. We're going to look at spiritual friendships and how that involves church life. We're going to look at sexuality. I'm not quite sure yet how I'm going to do all this with kids and everything, but we're going to look at this because this is a big aspect of our lives. We can't ignore it. It influences big time. We're going to look at family life because we're all involved in family, whether we're single, we're a spouse, parents, you're a kid, parents, siblings, past, present, future. We're going to look at this. How can we flourish? How do we care for our bodies physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually? How do we have play and recreation? Is God actually in our fun? <laughs> We're going to look at money, because money poof, is one of those dominating things that affects all of these things. And folks, all of this is for others. So it's not just sort of a selfish, making my best life sort of thing. No, we want to grow and develop, because we're believing and we want in our workplace and as our witness and bringing justice and mercy. We want the love of Christ. We want to go and make disciples of all the nations. So in closing, let's just review. Our goal, folks, our goal is to, to know Jesus. <laughs> it's our union with Christ that we get to know God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit more and more and more. That's an awesome goal. We get to enjoy God. We get to be more like Christ. We get to have Christ formed in us, His character, His presence with us 24-7, and His life-giving love and life to those around us. It's spiritual formation. It's the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. We need a framework of life. We need some structure and support to be intentional 
a pattern of practices that supports our friendship with Jesus so that we bear the fruit of his character, experience his presence and everything, and help us offer his nourishing life to others. So folks, there is a reality. If we miss this, okay, our growth with God can be stunted. We might not bear as much fruit as we would love to see for God's glory. It affects things. If we're unintentional, and the biggest thing Jesus said, we, we, can waste, we can waste our lives if we miss Jesus. Here's an impacting quote from Ken Shigematsu. He says this, Becoming like Jesus is the greatest gift we can offer to others. Think about that. If you're single, becoming like Jesus is the greatest gift you can offer to others to your spouse, to your kids, kids to your parents, to your siblings, in your workplace, everywhere you go. What a powerful statement. Becoming like Jesus is the greatest gift we can offer to others. Folks, if you want to be about changing the world, becoming like Jesus is the greatest gift we can offer to others. Do we really believe this? So here's our questions to end. So you can think about this, and I'm going to give some more to the life groups, and if you're on our Facebook live stream, I'll post them on Tuesday, a bunch of questions for you to be thinking about and applying to our lives. And I encourage you, no one's going to force you to do them, but it's a bit of a waste, to be honest, if we just hear this and we don't actually wrestle with it and start to apply these things. So really, it's our choice. But I'm just saying, what a great opportunity for us together to wrestle through these things. So here's some of questions just for us thinking about. Are we aware, open, convinced that formation is important? Because if we don't, then probably we're not going to be very committed to this. Here's a big question. What is the biggest influencer on your formation currently? And you might realize it's not anything to do with Jesus. <laughs> or his word, or anything else we might realize. That was the part of taking inventory of how we spend our time. What's the biggest influencer on our formation currently, on our lives? As we're going through some of these things, what area of your life you're most looking forward to developing? Is there any parts you're kind of getting excited about and say, oh man, whew. And then equally, what area of our life maybe are we fearing or leery of addressing as we go through some of those things? You're kind of like, oh man, I might skip that Sunday. <laughs> Folks, here, it's good news. Jesus invites us to come and follow him, and he doesn't leave us on our own. He brings us into a family. He says, you can learn from me. We can learn from Jesus. That he provides a framework of life that we get to learn together for us to grow and mature and develop and bear fruit. And folks, we're going to live in the good of that. Our church is going to live in the good of that. But more importantly, a hurting, broken, dying world is going to live in the good of us being formed to be more like Jesus. And that's going to give God glory. It's going to extend his kingdom and it's go and it's going to make disciples. Hallelujah. All right, if you're able, let's stand. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Thank you again for those online participating with us. I'm just going to ask for some courage from God for us 
to, to just have our lives open to what God wants to do in putting these foundations and this framework in us. So, Father, I just want to thank you this morning for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that you, as you awakened us to you, that you've brought us into your family and that you love us and that you love us so much that you're committed to seeing us become more like your son, Jesus. Thank you for every person here this morning. Thank you, every person on the live stream, every person watching this on YouTube. Thank you, Lord, that you're involved in our lives. And I just pray now, Holy Spirit, would you just give us courage to be vulnerable? Would you be, give us courage to be real? Lord, it can be a bit embarrassing sometimes, Lord, just to say, man, I never realized I was so unintentional. I didn't realize that I'm being influenced by a lot of things that aren't good. Lord, would you give us courage to be open and real and share that with one another so that we can grow, that, Lord, you can change us. Lord, that you would mold us and shape us and form us in the image of Christ, Lord, for the sake of others, Lord. That's what we're asking today. Help us, Lord, as we work through this series together. God, may you be glorified as we become more like Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.